Welcome, Deal Farm listeners. In today's episode, we talk all about wholesaling. Welcome to the Deal Farm Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tricks to help make you a better real estate investor. Your show hosts are Ken Corsini, star of the HGTV show Flipper Flop Atlanta, and Mike Hambright, founder of FlipNerd.com one of the nation's leading websites for real estate investors with over 100,000 subscribers. Ready to talk real estate? Let's start today's show. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with Mike Hambright of the Deal Farm Podcast. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, Ken? Oh, not a lot, man. I'm excited to talk about wholesaling today. I mean, this is a, this is a big topic, man. We're going to have to dive deep if we can. We're going to go deep. <laughs> there you go. I, although I don't know if we have enough time. Wholesaling could be, I feel like, a two-hour episode easy. So yeah. somehow we're going to have to move through this quickly because there's a lot of good information here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of these topics that we talk about here, we're trying to trying to get you interested, get you excited about it. And, of course, we could never talk about any of these topics in as much detail. We could talk about wholesaling for a week, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. Well, do you want to? Let's let's get as much let's pack as much content into this fifteen minutes as we possibly let's can. Let's do it. Let's do it. What, you, what do you, how would you define wholesaling? How would I define it? Well, it's kind of like you know, a lot of times I my background is retail. So I worked in when I was in high school and college. I worked in some stores. Uh, when I was out of college, I worked for some large retailers, more like in the headquarters. But it, you know, it's pretty similar to th- how you think about products that you buy. So you know, if you're if you have a coffee mug, let's say, in your hand right now or sitting on your desk or wherever you're listening to us at, somebody – you probably bought that from a retail store, but that retail store probably bought it from a distributor or a wholesaler or somebody else. And that distributor or wholesaler probably bought it from a factory that made it, right? So if you kind of think of the supply chain almost of a, any product, a house included, it passes through multiple stages where people are adding value and ultimately bringing it to the end consumer. So that's kind of how I think of wholesaling houses is you have a distressed property that uh, needs value added. Like the, um, the end buyer is not probably going to buy it from you as a wholesaler. Another investor is, but you're kind of a supplier where you're supplying a house to somebody at a discount from the retail market, which of course means you need to have bought it at an even bigger discount if you want to make money on it. Right. So, um, in a nutshell, that's kind of how I explain it. Is like you're you're selling houses as is. You're not really adding any value, but your main value is that you found the deal, right? That's right. Yeah. No, I think that you, you explained it perfectly. And it's interesting because I think a lot of folks get into real estate. They start out as a wholesaler. And I, actually, if somebody asks me, "What should if I want to get into real estate, you know, investing and make this my business? How should I start?" I usually tell people, "I think wholesaling is a really good way to start." Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think there's generally a lot of there's a lot less risk, right? So when you're wholesaling, if you're buying houses, now the key is buying them, right? And I know in a recent episode we talked about lead generation and how you find deals like this. But when you buy them, if you buy them right, then you're selling it to another investor. The deals are usually very fast transactions. So if you get a deal under contract to buy, if if you bought it well enough to be able to mark it up and make a respectable profit and sell it to the next person and there's enough meat on the bones for them to make money. I mean, I don't know what it's like in Atlanta right now, but I know if we put a wholesale deal out and it's priced right, we, we probably have it under contract in 24 hours or less from another investor. So, uh, yeah. now it doesn't mean you close in 24 hours. You might, it might be another week before you close, or it could be a few weeks even, but the deals are pretty fast, right? Yeah. 
So as a wholesaler, it really the onus is on you to be a deal finder. Right. You're in the business of wholesaling. You're in the business of finding deals. And if they're like you said, if they're good deals, then it's a matter of just building a, a not even a huge audience, just an audience of a handful of investors in your market that know it's a good deal that will then buy it from you. Right. It's the whole concept, right? Yeah. 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 The bigger the list, you know, we talk about building a cash buyer list. People that want to basically buy from you is easier to do in markets like this because there's a ton of new investors in the market. So, you know, the bigger your list, generally the better, but you really only ultimately need one person that wants to buy that deal. Yeah. Like I said, we've got, I know a guy here locally who's a wholesaler and he literally has one buyer. That's it. Yeah. Because it's a buyer with a really big appetite. Yeah. And so he's just in the business of, he does a lot of postcard marketing. I think he does a little pay-per-click marketing. He takes those leads. He, he works them himself. He ultimately gets them under contract and then he assigns his contract to that, that one particular investor. Now, most wholesalers have a list of cash buyers or just buyers in general. And so for them, once they get that deal under contract, they'll, I know in my market, it's usually just an email blast right. to their list of investors. Here's the house. And then it's, uh, who, who can put it under contract first? It's usually a mad dash to, yeah. to get that contract. Yep. Yep. Hey, Deal Farm listeners, this is Ken Corsini, host of Flipper Flop Atlanta, as well as the Deal Farm podcast. When I'm not busy flipping houses, I spend time teaching others how to be successful in real estate investing. My friend Mike Hambright from FlipNerd.com and I have partnered up to teach others like you how to build and operate a successful real estate investing business just like us. You know, between the two of us, we flipped over a thousand houses. So whether you're brand new and looking to get started or you already are actively doing deals, we can help you build a profitable real estate investing business. We'd like to offer you a free consultation if you'd like to learn more. Simply visit dealfarm.net forward slash coaching and you can schedule a call with our team to see if a coaching program is a fit for you. Just visit dealfarm.net forward slash coaching to set up your no obligation phone call with someone from our team today. Yeah, one of the, one of the other pros of uh, wholesaling and, you know, it's, it's kind of maybe we should split up the difference between wholesaling and assigning, right? Because a lot of people yeah. have universally used the word wholesaling when truthfully most really mean assigning, assigning a property. Um, do you want to take a stab, Ken, at kind of explaining what the difference is between a wholesale and an assignment? Um, yeah, I'm going to let you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just got deflected. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're assigning a contract, what it typically means, oh, I think they're both the same in the sense that if you're wholesaling, you're not adding value. You're finding a house at a deep discount. You're selling it at a discount to the next person, but um, but you're not really adding any value there. It's it's a house that's as is, needs work, and there's some meat on the bones left for the next person. So an assignment, and by the way, I should uh, kind of probably clarify to everybody here that neither Ken or I, although both very very handsome fellows, are neither one of us are attorneys, right? So <laughs> yes. or tax advisors, or I've, I've been telling people lately because I've I, I do. Uh, been talking, doing a lot of coaching and other things. I kind of tell everybody, hey, I'm not a licensed anything. So take what I say with a grain of salt, right? But an assignment is, uh, you know, you have a contract to purchase a house, but you also have the right to assign that to another person that would kind of close in your place. So um, typically an assignment is just you're effectively selling your rights to a contract. So if Ken were to give me, if I were to buy a house from, if I were to have a contract to purchase a house from Ken for $100,000, let's say, and it's well below market value. Let's say it's a two hundred thousand dollar house that needs a lot of work. 
well, I might have a contract to purchase the house from Ken, uh, but that contract gives me the rights to assign that to another investor. So if I go market that to Joe Blow to my list to say, hey, I have a house that I have a contract on and I want to assign the rights to it for 110000 then effectively um, that Joe Blow would be the buyer, Ken would be the seller, and I'm, uh, I've assigned the property over. So the title company is ultimately going to send me $10,000 and I never had to actually buy or sell the property. I just kind of put the deal together. It's a good clarification. And the way I look at assigning is it's really one of the mechanics that you can use to, to wholesale. Right. So if you're a wholesaler and you go out there and you find a deal and you put it under contract, uh, the next question is, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to make my spread? Maybe it's a $5,000 spread or 10,000, maybe it's a $30,000 spread. Right. I mean, there's some big, big wholesale deals out there. How am I going to make my spread by selling it to that next investor? And so there's a couple different ways to accomplish that. Right. One of the ways is the assignments, which is what Mike just laid out perfectly, where you basically take this contract that you've negotiated and you assign your rights to the next investor and maybe you assign it for that for a $10,000 markup, let's just say. And then ultimately, the your end buyer buys it directly from your seller. So you've charged for the ability to assign that contract to somebody else. But that's not the only way to get a, mark, a markup as a wholesaler. As a wholesaler, you can actually close on the property and then resell it. And if you haven't improved it in any way, I'd still consider that a wholesale deal. Mm-hmm. So. You know, in my in my market, a lot of guys do du- what's called a double closing. Right. Where they buy it and sell it all at the same time. Um, and there's a couple different different reasons to do that, different ways to do that. Um, assignments can be tricky. You know, assignments typically the, the your end buyer knows how much you're making. Some some wholesalers don't want to don't want their end buyer to know how much their spread is, especially if it's a big spread. Right. If you do a double close, they're two separate closings. And your end buyer doesn't necessarily know what you paid for the house. Yeah, they don't see the sales side. Yep. yep. That's right. Yep. Um, and there's different ways to fund that too. I'm not sure how, how, how much detail we want to go into. But you can actually, I know in my state, in Georgia, there you can actually buy and sell without even wet funding. I don't know. Is that something you can do in Oh, Texas? really? You don't have to have transactional funding? or Nope. Yeah, that's like a statewide thing or that's like a t- specific title company thing? It's probably attorney to attorney because it's uh, whether or not. So, again, as the wholesaler, you don't it depends on what state you're in, what the the title laws are. But in some states, you don't necessarily have to fund it to buy it. You can actually Hmm. use your end buyers money to fund your acquisition, which, again, as a wholesaler, if you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of means. It's it's a really great you can actually buy a house and turn on sell it in the same day without having any of your own cash in the deal. Which is yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we we generally can't do that here. I mean, I know anymore, I'll say. Like, you know, okay. prior to two thousand eight, I think that title companies here, if if the like B to C funding we there was in, they would let C fund A. Yeah. You know, if you will. That's uh, what you, maybe explain that for a second, because I think that's a really good way of describing how a wholesale transaction works. Yeah, yeah. So like then the example I gave where Ken is selling a house to me, he would be kind of A to B. Uh, wait, or you're B. I, you're B. I, I'm A, you're B. Yeah, yeah. And then if I assign that on to somebody else, that would be kind of the B to C transaction. So kind of like the next transaction. So as a B in the middle, I'm putting together A and C. So now I, I might, instead of, if I'm assigning it, then C just closes in my place. I don't have to have the money to do it. Uh, if I was double closing, what Ken's saying is, is, is uh, in, in uh 
in Georgia, maybe some other states. You need to check with your title company. It's not as popular anymore, common anymore, because I think a lot of title companies, when they went through the downturn in the market, they just kind of changed the rules to allow that less. But there are funding sources for it. But where they would basically say, hey, I'm going to close on it, and then I'm going to sell it to the C person because I don't want him to see – I don't want – I don't want C to C. We're going to confuse the hell out of people here, Ken. I don't want <laughs> letter C to S-E-E, uh, how much I'm making on my transaction with the seller. Um, yeah. And so, or it may it may not be instantaneous. It might be down the line. But if it was kind of back-to-back, that they would allow the C person to fund the deal instead of me. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And, and if, you're, if you're in a state where you have to actually wet fund it, as and you're the, the B trend, there there are plenty of companies out there that do transactional funding, right? Where basically they loan you the money for the day, just long enough to buy it and turn right. it on. And sell. Yeah, and yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's usually one or one day, kind of like twenty four hour funding. You know, a lot of those deals are simultaneous. They're they're minutes really, but yep, um, yep, yep. Awesome. So what are, what are some of the other um, what are some of the negatives of of wholesaling? Would you say? Uh, I think one of the, the the big negatives is you're leaving meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. For me, that's one of the reasons we don't do a whole lot of wholesaling is because if it's a deal, then I want all the I want all of it. Right. I want, I want to make the money on that. So, yep. as a wholesaler, if you have the means to buy and fix and sell, um, and you and you know that it's a really good deal, well, if you're just wholesaling, you are leaving a little bit of meat on the on the bone, and and somebody else is going to get that. But if you're but if you're just starting out, and you don't have the access to the funds, you don't want to take on the risk, you don't have the rehab savvy. Then wholesaling obviously is a much less risky way to, to make a little bit of money. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, I do less wholesaling today. In fact, I do less rehabbing today. I do we're doing a lot more wholetailing, which we're just going to blow everybody's mind here. But Whoa. kind of a little bit of a hybrid where we just uh, you know get like a house we're that we're working on today. For example, I talked to my contractor before we started the show here. Is it probably it probably if we were to do a full rehab, it could pro- it's really not too bad. It could use you know, probably 25,000 in rehab and it's all cosmetic. There's nothing structural, nothing like that, but we're going to spend about 1500 just kind of cleaning it up and cleaning it out and listing it. So here's the truth though. We're, we're listing it for about, um, instead of spending 25, I'm spending, let's just say two, it's a little bit under that. Um, but we're going to sell it for 20, $20,000 under market value. So we're passing on a good deal to the end user. We're kind of positioning that probably an owner occupant who will live in the house versus an investor, which kind of the closer you get to that end user, in my experience, the more money you can sell the house for, right? Because there, sure. if there's not an investor in there that has to make money on it as well, you know, the owner occupant sometimes on a, the way we're trying to position this one is they just want a good deal, yeah. right? So I kind of call it it's the Walmart strategy. It's like you know it's not perfect, but it's good enough. <laughs> and uh, and it's a good deal. It's a good value, right? And so we're passing on twenty thousand dollars of equity, and it needs a little bit of elbow grease in there and, and stuff that they can some wallpaper and some things that they can strip on their own. But uh, I found that as an investor, sometimes even though I'm selling it for twenty thousand under market value, I'm putting twenty three thousand less into the rehab than what we estimated it would take. So it works out pretty much the same for me, and I'm passing on a good value to somebody else. Yep. It's it's wholesaling. It's it's wholetailing, but you call it the whole part comes from the fact that you're buying you're you're sourcing a really good deal, but you're not really doing anything to it. The retailing side of that comes because you're actually putting it on MLS and yeah, opening exactly. not investors, but kind of wholesaling it on the retail market, if you will. 
Yes, yeah. yes, which yeah. is a great strategy. We've done a little bit of that in Atlanta. That works really well in a, in a market like Dallas where it's just a hot, hot market. There's and a lot it's a of seller's market and there's not enough inventory and, you know. Yeah. It used to be, you know, back in the day, when we get, we're going to have another show coming up here about rehabbing, so I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but when you rehabbed, we used to knock everything out, like you guys do on the show. You make it like the nicest yeah. house on the street, but yeah. as an investor, we found that sometimes we can just put a house out that's good enough for somebody to uh, put a little elbow grease into it, so. Yeah. Well, I think we're getting into our, uh, our next show, one of our shows we're going to have coming up on, on rehabbing, so I don't want to steal our thunder anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, I, hopefully, again, I, I would just say this about wholesaling. If you're just getting started, it really is all about becoming a deal finder. And I will say this, that if you are interested in becoming a wholesaler, if you're interested in learning how to be good at finding deals, you don't just try to figure it out yourself. I mean, we've got a phenomenal coaching program right now that really takes you step by step into how to find deals. You go to dealfarm.net uh, slash coaching. And there's tons of opportunity for you to become a very good wholesaler. Mike, do you have anything to add to that? No, you said it all, my friend. Awesome. Well, guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Take care, everybody. Did you like today's episode of The Deal Farm Real Estate Investing Show? If so, please help us out by visiting dealfarm.net, then following the links to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play to subscribe to the show and leave us a positive review. Your reviews mean the world to us and keeps us inspired to keep bringing you new content each week. Thanks for your help and see you on the next episode.